Hello, everyone, and welcome to Storehouses, a weekly podcast brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church. My name is Ethan Getrost, and we have our first repeat guest. Uh, you know her, you love her, Sarah Sinsenig. <laughs> how are you? Doing so good. I'm glad you asked me back. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, by popular demand. Um, today, you are bringing us John chapter 15, uh, pr- almost the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, 1 through 17, which is, is pretty lengthy, but we're going to get into it. So if you're in the car or you're on a run or wherever you find yourself, uh, just dig in for a couple minutes and, and just listen intently to the scripture. Again, John 15, 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples." As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no other than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I called you friends, for you have all heard from my father, and I have made that known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in my father's name, he may give it to you. These things I command to you so that you will love one another. Amen. Amen. Such a powerful passage of scripture where Jesus is kind of laying it all out there yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, a so, lot of things being said. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of break it down for us. Why, why are we talking about it? This is a verse that I feel like helps to anchor me. It's one that I come back to over and over again. I know as a minister, but just as a Christian in general, Mm. one of my tendencies is to try to accomplish the things that Jesus has commanded me to do without full reliance on the Holy Spirit, which seems to be ironic, um, but I think it's something that we can do a lot. And so it's helpful for me to remember that unless I am truly abiding or remaining in Jesus, that none of my fruit is going to last and that it is actually impossible for me to do anything on my own. Mm. So that's one of the reasons I love it. 
Um, I also love that he says, not only remain or abide in me, but abide in my love. Yeah. And lays out this picture of what real love looks like and how we are to love one another as Jesus loved us. And in this passage, it's a cool place where we see that Jesus refers to us as his friend. Yeah, right. And I think that that's sometimes a hard concept for us to grasp, that we have this idea of Jesus as Father, as Lord, as Savior, but that Jesus also longs to be our companion and to Mm. be our friend. So there's a lot happening, but those are just some of the things that really grasp my attention. Yeah, I think for me, what I draw out of this passage so much um, is that Jesus really kind of challenges us to remain in him by obeying him. Yeah. You know, in verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into a fire, and burned. And then just a little bit later, it's like, listen, as the Father has loved me, I love you, so remain in my love. Mm. Like, don't be a branch that's picked up and tossed away. Don't be something useless. Don't be something dead inside. And so how do you make sure that you're not something that's dead inside, obey me, right? So do my laws, do my commands, and move into the promise that I have for you, which is love, right? This this fatherly acceptance, this salvation love. Uh, And so for me, that's just something that I draw out of this whole passage, uh, which is kind of incredible. I want to move into the commands of God that Jesus just kind of lays out uh, in this passage. Uh, The first one, is being bear much fruit, right? Yes. Jesus in verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, we can talk about this for 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, we don't have the time to do 45 that. 45 days. <laughs> 45 yeah. days, our entire life. Uh, but I, I quickly want to run through what does it look like in your life, in my life, and in, in Christians' lives to bear much fruit. What is Jesus talking about when he says, hey, go and bear much fruit? Yeah, so Jesus says this expression quite a few times in the gospel, a commandment to bear fruit. And what he's talking about here is that we are called to do the work of the kingdom of heaven Mm. that is going to have eternal implications. Nice. Now, there's a lot of things, especially in our society, we can see a lot of people who do these really good things for other people, but when it's not done in the name of Jesus, it can only have so much value. And so when we are looking to Jesus to bear fruit, to love our neighbor, to do these things he's commanded us to do, he is saying, It has to be done in submission to the Holy Spirit so that it not only has this value on earth, but that it has these eternal implications for heaven as well. Mm. And I think it's really hard because we do want to focus on grace and all of those other things, but even bringing it back a chapter in chapter 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm. So part of following Jesus is doing what he asks us to do. And a big part of that is getting out of the way so that Jesus can work through us. Yeah. I think a common misconception in that is that people think it's hard work to obey God. Yeah. Like people think that it's very kind of you're conforming to the Bible and all the rules that God would have on your life. And that's kind of the opposite of what Jesus is saying. In verse 5, it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he bears fruit. Mm. Like it's not 
this hard thing to just be in love with God. And I think that a lot of people will fight loving Jesus because they think that it's so much work to just follow him. Yeah. And all Jesus is saying is, listen, don't worry about that stuff. Just lay your nets down and yeah. just come for the journey. You know, as you are, come to me. Yeah. You know, whether that's in pain, whether that's in hurt, guilt, or shame, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is that God loves you through those moments. And, yeah. and I think that that's kind of what Jesus is saying by bearing fruit, man. When our lives are transformed by just being in a relationship with God and our vines start to bear fruit, you get what I'm saying? Or we start to bear mm. fruit as the branches to Jesus' vine, people see that. You know, they see that it's good fruit, good fruit. And that's, I think, what we're called to do, or that's what Jesus is saying by bearing fruit. So going back to what you were saying, you know, it's this obedience to God in being a friend of his. Yeah. Mm. The second command uh, that he starts to talk about uh, is just remaining in him. And uh, myself, I've had kind of an up and down past as far as remaining in God, not remaining in God. Now I'm fully remaining in God because uh, I realized what that was like. And I, I just want to take some time to really talk about what it looks like to remain in God. Absolutely. And I think remaining is one of the hardest things we can do for some of us who have had this salvation experience. We focus a lot on that in the church, but something that sometimes we don't give as much attention to is this process of sanctification mm. and becoming more like Jesus. And so when we remain in Jesus, the way that I think about it is to keep our eyes fixed on the cross and the mm. resurrection. Yeah. And it's this daily discipline of remaining in Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm going to get out of the way and let you move through my life. So a couple ways that I have found, and I'm not perfect at it, but help me to remain in Jesus is being a person who is rooted in the word of God mm. and how that can help me to really get my path straight, to get my bearing straight and to read the word of God daily and to dwell in it and to meditate on it. I found that prayer can be mm. so, so effective in this. And I mean, I've, I learned that even the average pastor in North America will spend only four minutes in prayer a day. Yeah. So we look at the world, we look at the state of the church and we wonder why is it not where we want it to be? Right. And I think it's because we're not praying yeah. and this is not something that we're putting an emphasis on, but Notice before Jesus does anything, it says that he went alone and he spent time with his father. So if Jesus has to spend time in prayer, how much more desperately do we need to spend time yeah. in prayer? Wow. So those are a couple things. I've, I found spiritual disciplines such as meditation and silence and solitude and mm. fasting and some of these other things help me to remain in Jesus, but always remembering that these things are done uh to have a union between Jesus and I, they're not done as a substitution for letting the Holy Spirit work through me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I know for me, as far as remaining in Him, I, I struggled um, for a long time with just having enough to talk to God about. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like there was much going on in my life for me to communicate with God. And so I would have prayer time, you know, once a week thinking that, mm. well, that's all I have to talk about, you know, is yeah. once a week worth of stuff. 
uh, and God really challenged me in, in, you know, Thessalonians where it says, pray without ceasing. Mm. And so for me, just the discipline that I've kind of taken is post-it notes um, that I'll write on throughout the day or in my phone or whatever, just kind of a note page of things that I need to pray about, whether it's me, whether it's things that I saw, whether it was, I got angry at somebody over there or, or whatever it was, I'll write it down. And when I get home or when I have time alone, man, I'll just pull out those notes and I'll just kind of go one by one through what I need to pray about. And, and wow. for me, yeah. man, that's such a, a discipline and a tool, useful tool uh, to just remain in Him. You know, I've always heard it said, and now I'm starting to say it, I think that, you know, Plagiarism only goes for so long. So yeah. I think that instead of me saying, I've heard it said, I'm just going to start saying, I always say. I love it. Uh, that, you know, as much as we communicate with a spouse or a best friend, how much more do we need to communicate with a father to be yeah. in an everlasting, unconditional relationship with him? Uh, you know, and I, I think to myself, man, if I'm to talk to God more than I'm to talk to anybody else, how often does that mean? You know, and if I don't talk to my wife, I don't have a relationship with my wife. Yeah. Period. Right. <laughs> and so in that same way, man, if I don't talk to God, what does that say about my relationship with him? Mm. And so I think that the remain in him goes back to those disciplines you were talking about, you know, reading your Bible, praying, worshiping, all those things mean just falling in love with God and just being a friend of his, you know, and that's the obedience we're talking about. We're not yeah. talking about... Much of anything else besides just being in a relationship with God is what God wants, and that's obeying God. Praying is obeying God. Reading your Bible is obeying God. Uh, and, man, just remaining mm. in Him uh, just, man, it bears fruit. People it, see that in you. And Eugene Peterson, who wrote... Name the, drop. Yeah, name drop in the <sighs> who wrote the message uh, version of the Bible. He talks about how we are called to long obedience in the same direction. I think one of the issues we get into is that we want quick fixes with our faith like we do with other things in mm. our life, but this is a lifelong yeah, discipline. This right. is a lifelong movement in the same direction, which is the direction of Christ. So that's something that we have to kind of realize is that this is not going to be a one-week solution to fixing the problems with our faith and our intimacy with God. This is the the remaining days of your life. That's very true. Mm. Uh, the last command is in verse 17. It says, this is my command. Love each other. What does that mean? Yeah, it's very simple. Right. And yet it's so, <laughs> so profound. One of the things that Jesus does and one of the things that Jesus did when he was around people is he will say things that are simple, but that really pack a punch. Right. And he is completely flipping the paradigm here of what it means to love people. Earlier, when he is talking about the Beatitudes and his Sermon on the Mount, he talks about loving our enemies and what this society wanted to do and what we tend to do is we want to put a fence around the people that God has called us to love. We want to make that list as small as possible. But Jesus is literally saying, love every single person as I have loved you and mm. recognizing that they are a child of God. So once again, very easy, but very, very challenging to truly love another person as seeing them as a son or daughter of Christ. If, if you, anybody out there knows anything about the Enneagram, <laughs> I'm an eight on the Enneagram, which is the challenger, uh, which is 
coin maybe the most difficult person, <laughs> but <laughs> I have a hard time loving in moments of stress. If I'm stressed out or if I'm anxious or nervous or I've got a lot going on and selfishness is really taking over, I have a hard time loving. I'll choose anger to be angry at somebody more often than choosing to love that person. Yeah. Um, and that stems from a whole bunch of different reasons, but none of those reasons mean anything when Jesus is yelling at my face through Scripture, love each other. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think, man, we get so caught up in our own personal reasons why we don't love people. You know, whether it's we feel wronged, we don't feel like we're given enough attention at work or at our, you know, at church or or wherever it is, we feel like we've been wronged. And so to right that wrong, we put other people down and we would choose hate for them to boost ourselves or to boost our own ego, which we think will make us feel better. It doesn't. It's a lie. It's a trick from Satan. And Jesus kind of flat out just says, listen, love each other as I have loved you, as the Father has loved me, and I love you. Take that love and go love somebody else. Uh, I've heard it said, or I always say, uh, that the (laughs) way you allow God to love you is the way you will love others. Wow. You know, if you're not open to experiencing God's love, how can you ever love somebody else? And, And if this is a command from Jesus, what's the first thing we ought to do? Man, we ought to be so willing and so ready to just, man, allow God's love to transform our lives uh, on, you know, the little things in our life like anger or the, even the bigger things of like idols, right? Idolatry mm-hmm. and, and some of those things that really impact our souls and impact just who we are as people. I think that Jesus kind of lays it out as the last command in this passage of scripture, because it's the most important, at, at least yeah. to me, you know, no, and, it does. and all of them are important, right? Bearing much fruit is kind of your witness to other people. Remaining in him is that personal relationship that you have with God and just loving each other is just like evangelism on a scale that, you know, is crazy. And, and for me, I think the most important thing that I need to take out of it is just loving other people. Yeah. And I love how it seems to be Jesus summarizing everything and we find in scripture too, when the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about the most important commandment and the most important law, there would have been hundreds and hundreds that Jesus could have chosen from, but he simply says to love the Lord God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. So that truly the gospel can be boiled down to this love. And it's a love that comes only because Jesus first loved us. Yeah. Well, Uh, Well, the last question uh, that I want to wrap up with is, when we have the joy of the Lord in us, how does that complete who God intended us to be? Mm. Joy is something that I often think we have to choose. I think that when Jesus grants us joy, he's not talking about mere happiness that is fickle or circumstantial, but a joy that can happen to us even in the dark nights of our soul, even when we are experiencing heartbreak and confusion and depression and anxiety and all of those other things that come with being a human being. Mm. Jesus will give us complete and total joy because when we follow Jesus, we know that those things don't have the final say in our lives. And that's when I've been the most blown away by some of the 
Christians that I look up to is that even in the midst of tragedy, that they can still choose joy and not to say that they are faking happiness. They can say the circumstance is hard, but I know at the end of the day, Jesus is better than anything I could face. Wow. Amen. And and that's such a great place to just leave it, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is better. Jesus uh, so, is better. So love each other because you know that uh, and choose joy, right? Um, Sarah, it's been a fast 20 minutes. It felt like it flew by, yeah. which is great. Wow, um, 20, I didn't even realize. So if you are listening, uh, if you would love, I mean, if you feel like you want to, uh, or I could just tell you, please do, uh, go like and share on Facebook, the Storehouses podcast. You can find it at Storehouses Trinity Baptist Church. Uh, you can find it on my Facebook page or Instagram. Uh, you can just search for Ethan Getrost. Uh, you can email the show uh, if you have questions or if you have a suggestion of a scripture that you'd like to do or a guest maybe in the San Antonio area that uh, you want to hear from. Uh, you can email the show at ethan at trinitybaptist.org. Uh, Sarah, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook just by searching Sarah Sensenig, and that is S-E-N-S-E-N-I-G. And you can follow or find me on Instagram as well by searching the same thing. So find me on social media, or I am on some of the Trinity Baptist uh, pages as well. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This is Storehouses. Storehouses.